Welcome back to another episode of the Halfways Podcast. In this episode, we're going to look at suggestions for becoming more sensitive to intuitive nudges. So there are a million things that you can do. If you go to the library or you go to the bookstore or you do some searches online, you're gonna find infinite number of ways and suggestions to become more sensitive to your intuitive inclinations and messages and nudges. So I'm gonna give you a couple of different things that have been meaningful to me in the last couple of weeks. As I've been writing this book, clearly my focus of attention has been on the accentuation of ideas, expanding certain concepts, diving in in new ways to this concept called intuition. And by default, what I've been noticing are new ways that are exciting and interesting for me to become more aware of how intuition is coming through for me. If you're just jumping in in this episode, you'll want to go back to the first episode where I talk about what is your definition of intuition. If you haven't actually put some thought into that, you're going to want to do that. So what is your definition of intuition? What does it mean to you? How is it that you notice it's coming through for you? My definition is that third reality where esoteric and non-physical consciousness and energy personalities and different things that are non-physical can use this doorway or this portal or this interface to communicate with me through my physical perspective in the same way that this podcast is not actually my voice. It's a computer rendering of my actual voice, right? I'm, you're not actually hearing my voice. You're hearing a computer rendering of what it sounds like to be me speaking. That's what intuition is to me. It's this third reality that exists somewhere out there, and it's used to translate the messages from non-physical consciousness, spirit guides, soul teams that I wouldn't necessarily be able to understand unless I was 100% non-physical. I'm, I've divided my focus at this point, and it isn't, isn't even division. It's not a fair thing to say it's a division halfway, right? The book is called The Halfways because I think it makes sense to our brains. It's easy to say, okay, so let's just say I'm halfway this non-physical consciousness and halfway physical consciousness. That feels easy. If I were to say to you, you're 100% non-physical consciousness and this physical reality is a mirage, you'd be like, what? It feels really real to me. So it's just an easier way to absorb the concept. But what does it mean to you, right? That's what it means to me. That's what makes sense to me. And that definition has grown over time. There was a point in which I didn't know what the word intuitive even meant. And then I started investigating, well, what does it mean to other people? And do I buy into that definition? Does it mean anything to me? Does it help me make sense of my process? And over time, I came to this recognition that this sort of unique and unorthodox definition is mine. It works for me. It makes sense. It helps me. So let's look at a couple different ways to see if 
um, you can use these ideas as, as many little exercises to somehow strengthen your connection or understanding of what intuition is. So the first one is this thing called an intuitive barometer. Now, a barometer is something that measures barometric pressure. And to me, in my mind, it feels like something that will show the amount of something in a cylinder. So if it's low, there's very little of that liquid or content in the cylinder. If it's high, it means there's a lot of something. It's almost full in terms of the, the amount of content in that thought or idea. So I use this without even really knowing it to write the book, The Halfways. So remember that back in February, 2021, it was when I hit upon that idea. I liked the term, the halfways. So that term was exciting to me. It felt really interesting. And all it was, was a, was a word, right? It wasn't anything yet. It was just a word that felt exciting. So at that point, my intuitive barometer had very little content, had very little fluid. It had very little sustenance to it. It was just a word. But the thing about your creative process is if you follow your intuitive nudges, that barometer fills up, right? The, the content becomes more and more and more. And the way you get to this sense of fullness is to pay attention. And I kept asking myself, is it ready? Is it fully baked? Is my barometer full? You know, and as the year went on and I kept encountering new ideas that felt like they fell into the bucket of the halfways book, I would add them to that bucket. And that created a sense of feeling like the idea was complete in my mind, in the vibrational reality before, before I ever put pen to paper. So that's the way it worked for me. Now it's, it, it's, I like that. It feels good. It feels like some way that I know when it's time to take inspired action on an idea. So that works for me. So try it out. If you can get your head around it, if you can visualize it, if it makes sense, if it helps you um, understand what intuitive nudges are coming through for you and what you're supposed to do with them, because not every intuitive nudge is supposed to turn into some full-fledged project. That's not the way it works. Um, but you know, maybe it'll help you decide when to take intuitive action. Now, you can take action at any point, and our society encourages you to take in action all the time, right? It's nonstop action. We're rewarded for taking action. You hear programs that have 30, 60, 90 days in the title because they're they're wanting you to try and get this certain thing done within a relatively short period of time. I remember when I joined a program that was about creating bestseller books. And while the guy had probably honest intentions, you know, he used the time frame of 30 days to try to get people to write books. Now, his focus was not actually, in my opinion, on the quality of the book. It was more on creating a surface level introduction to your business and then using that book as a calling card. So if you weren't really going to give ideas a lot of thought or you were right at the precipice of writing a book anyway, 
then 30 days felt doable. It felt like you could really have a quality book in 30 days if you had those kinds of things already in line. If you were just starting out and just kicking around an idea, 30 days is an incredibly short period of time to write a quality book. Now, the Halfways book took me almost three months and I was fully focused. I was working several hours a day on both writing and editing, making sure that my ideas were lining up. And now, you know, as I've given it to the editor, it requires more work. So 30 days to do anything is a super short period of time, but that's the way society works, right? They want you to continue to take action. Even if it's floundering action, they're like, good, just keep taking action. What I'm inviting you to do is to slow down and to use this concept of an intuitive barometer to see when the best point is to actually take action. So I waited a year. I thought about the idea. I played with it. I let it grow. I let it gestate. I let it, I let, you know, ideas come in and be added to the process. And then when I gauged that the idea was complete in its formation, I then sat down at the computer. To somebody else, it might have looked like I was procrastinating. They might have said, well, she's unmotivated. She didn't sit down and do the idea right away. I honestly don't believe that's the most efficient method. I think it really is important that you enjoy the gestation of an idea, that you let it sit, that you let it grow, that you figure out the different aspects of it and allow it to become full before you actually begin to do something with it physically. Now, I'm not saying that everything you do is gonna take three months. What I'm saying is for you as an individual, what does that intuitive barometer feel like? When is the idea complete with, with no relevance to time, right? Just take time out of it and feel the either completeness or incompleteness of the idea. And then when is it the best time to take action based on how you feel relative to that idea. Now, here's a caveat. If you are dampening your excitement because of fear, that's another story. That's where you gotta look into your own fear-based beliefs, your insecurities, your feeling like you're insufficient or not enough. You're feeling like you don't have enough of what you need to take action. So you have to differentiate. When I was letting this book gestate, it wasn't a fear-based thing. It was completely an excitement thing. The same way a baby gestates, right? You don't want the baby to come out before it's ready. That's ridiculous. You enjoy the nine months that you have to spend, uh, you know, experiencing the growth of this unique individual. Ideas are the same, right? If you try to kick it off out of fear before it's ready, it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be more of a struggle than if you just let your intuitive barometer fill up and then let you know when it's time to take inspired action. The second thing is kind of a listening exercise. I was reading one of the Seth books, the books that Jane Roberts wrote in the 60s and 70s. And I was sitting outside and it was a beautiful sunny morning And I was not so focused on the book that I didn't hear the sounds around me. I wasn't so engrossed in it that I, it took me away, but I was focused enough 
that I could understand and comprehend what I was reading. And while this was happening, I was also cognizant of the birds and the dogs barking and the wind and all of the environmental sounds that were happening. And the intuitive message that I got was that this is what it's like when you have a balanced sense of hearing and listening to your intuition, your spirit guides, your soul teams, as well as being able to focus on your external environment. So many people question how they're going to hear their intuitive messages. They're like, I don't know if I hear it. I don't know what it is. I don't know when it's coming through. One thing you can do if it's exciting for you and don't do anything that feels like drudgery, but if it's exciting, practice this. Take some sort of magazine or a book or something that you're reading into an environment that's not challenging for you, right? Do it in a place where you feel easy, you feel comfortable and recognize that you're focusing on something, the words, that you're understanding and comprehending them but you're also simultaneously hearing the sounds around you, noticing what they are, and that there's a multi-dimensional experience happening for you. There's this inner reality combined with the outer reality. There's the sight that you're seeing, the sounds that you're hearing, the chair that you're touching, or, you know, it's a multi-dimensional experience. If you can use that and transfer that idea, you know, use your practice and then transfer that capability over to understanding that you can be focused on something that you're doing and hear an intuitive message because you are a multidimensional being. There's the height, there's the length, there's the width, there's time and there's space, which are multiple dimensions, but there's also your inner dimension and your outer dimension as far as we know ourselves to be human. So see if that works, you know, give it a try. If it feels boring and ridiculous, don't do it. Find some other way. Ask your intuitive guidance to give you another idea that accomplishes the same thing, that gets you to understand that you are a multi-dimensional consciousness, you know, and you can hear your intuition and you can trust it and you can be focusing on something else at the time, you know, at the same time, you don't have to be just trying, quote unquote, trying to hear your intuition, that it is a is coming all the time into your awareness. And, you know, it's easy. It's not that hard. The third thing is not asking anyone else for their opinion for one week. This can be hard if you're a people pleaser, or you have trained yourself to rely on a specific coach or a teacher, the impulse to ask other people what they think you should do or what they think about your ideas tends to be greater when you've made that dependency something that you rely on. And if you are habitual in your asking others for their opinion on your ideas, on your perspectives, on your experiences, then you're going to notice It's going to feel hard not to ask other people, or you might even be asking people and not realizing that you've decided not to ask people and you're asking people, but try not asking anyone else what they think about any of your ideas. Don't ask them what they think a sign means. Don't ask them what they think symbols are for you. Don't ask them what they think an experience means for you. Don't ask them what decisions you should make. 
Don't ask him what you should eat. You know, don't ask him anything. You just rely on yourself. And then notice, does it feel scary? Is it easy? Does it get easier? Right? So what is the experience? And just let it be what it is. And notice what your beliefs are. And notice how you feel uncomfortable or maybe you feel super comfortable. The fourth thing is keep track of ideas that feel exciting. Now, this is you have to determine the difference between exciting and anxious. I'm not talking about ideas that are stimulating fear or doubt or anxiety. I'm talking about authentic curiosity, interest, excitement, joy, pleasure, ideas that feel fun, that feel easy. They can be words, they can be phrases, but pay attention to anything. If you're watching Netflix, if there is an idea that something says it feels exciting, write it down on a piece of paper. If you are talking with a neighbor and you hear an idea or a sound or a word and it feels exciting, write it down. This is your intuition guiding you, but I want you to collect as many notes as you can and just keep them for the sole purpose of knowing and recognizing that those are markers of excitement getting, or those are markers of intuition getting your, your attention, right? Because intuition uses, oftentimes uses excitement, curiosity, interest as its gateway. So just notice, right? I mean, you are going to be surprised when you start keeping track of all of this stuff, how many times that you actually get intuitive hits that just, you know, you sort of shove under the table because you dismiss them immediately. So even if you dismiss them after you get the initial excitement, write them down anyway. Don't not write them down because you felt doubt on the heels of the excitement. If it's authentic, pure excitement, joy, curiosity, interest, write it down. Write down the word, write down the sentence, write down the idea, draw a picture, um, you know, anything, music, um, any experience you're having where you feel that uptick in joy, keep track of it. Take your journal with you. I use note cards. Um, I'm scribbling on paper all the time. My desk has, you know, a bunch of different notes on one paper. And then when I'm done with it, I'll throw it away, but I always write them down. And I have trained myself to pay attention to ideas that are super, super exciting and interesting. And I know I am confident that that is a communication from some non-physical aspect. I don't have to know if it's a soul team, a spirit guide, my dad who passed away a year and a half ago, my mom who passed away 25 years ago, um, my spirit guides, my intuition. It really doesn't matter to me what label I put on it, but I am confident that that emotional awareness is a translation of a vibration and it means something. There's something in it that's going to benefit me to any of the number of things that I have asked to experience. It's always, always, always correlated to something that I want. In the Accelerate Your Mojo process, there's seven steps. And they're not actually steps, they're perspectives. Steps indicates start here, end here. You must go through the process in a linear fashion. Yeah, that's not actually what they are. They're actually perspectives. And the first perspective, the first step is ask. So when you're asking for things, it's not goal setting. 
You know, it's not vision boarding. It's um, asking for what you want, whether it's an intellectual ask or an emotional ask, but it's an ask. So as you're asking for something and anything, everyone does, and you don't have to set goals to be asking for something. Maybe you just want inner peace. Maybe you want greater self-confidence. Maybe you want to stop, you know, relying on other people and feeling all freaked out and anxious. Maybe you want to move somewhere or you want a new job or you don't want a relationship that's different. Those are all possible asks. But as you ask for them and you do, and you don't have to write it down or even speak it aloud because it's a vibrational ask. Would you ask for it? You know, one of the things you want to do is receive and the reception is natural. It's organic because you're not going to pay attention to, you know, any of that stuff. It's just going to happen for you. But excitement, interest, curiosity, that's the point at which you are being communicated with and you're receiving, right? You're receiving an inclination. You're receiving a communication. So pay attention to it because it's super important. If you want to escape the drudgery of always following should actions, doing things you think you're supposed to do because someone else told you or some guru in marketing told you, or your parent told you, you know, this is one of the ways. If you really want to rely on your intuitive guidance, you've got to focus some attention there. You've got to start making it a point of importance in your life and knowing that you're going to stumble through. It's going to be okay. You know, you're not going to get it perfectly, but it's there and you will expose to yourself how much of that 100% is there in the time that is meaningful for you. Nobody can compare time frames, right? Because you're creating your own reality and, and you might not want to, um, you know, have too much going on when you have an ailing parent or if there's a lot of stuff going on at work, you know, you control the timing, you control how much comes through, when it comes through, you always get what's relevant for you in the time that it's relevant because you are creating this experience. So you are in control. So give those four things a try and let me know, you know, does it resonate? Does it not resonate? I'm perfectly okay with things not resonating, right? I was doing an Instagram live with my friend, Emmy, and we were talking about joy and how to follow your joy. And I was talking about how gardening and plants and nature brings me joy. And she's like, I can see how you light up when you talk about that. And she's like, for me, uh uh-uh, that does not bring me joy. And I was like, this is incredible and amazing and important that you can have things that bring you joy. I can bring things that, you know, I can have things that bring me joy. And they're not diminished by us not agreeing on what brings us joy. This earthly experience is an independent orchestration. You know, as much as we are with family and friends and, you know, even strangers, it's an individual odyssey and it's okay. And it's legitimate for you to follow your excitement and your intuitive nudges. And no one else has to agree in order for it to be the way for you to travel. So think about those four exercises, intuitive barometer, the listening exercise, not asking anyone else for their opinion for one week and keeping track of the ideas that feel exciting. And if you're not yet following me on Instagram, you can come over and follow me on Instagram. It's Allison Sutter three. 
I'm going to be trying to do some more on my YouTube channel this summer. And I'll do, I don't really like Facebook, so I don't spend a lot of time there. And I know Facebook and Instagram are connected, but whatever. It is what it is, right? You can visit my website. You can check out what's going on there. You know, come over and um, come to one of my free classes. At the moment, as I'm recording this, I have a free class once a month called The Five Keys to Mastering Intuition with Kylie Cox, which is super cool. Uh, we go over the five keys and we knock it out of the park every time. You know, every time is different. Although we cover the keys, there's no script, right? We're, we're addressing what the individuals who come need to hear. So there's just a couple of ways that if you're interested, join us. Join us. Love to see you there. And I'd love to know what you think of these potential exercises. 